I want to uh, welcome all of you all into service. And uh, but whether you're here in person or whether you're watching by Facebook Live. Now, if you're in this room this morning and it's your first time, or maybe it's the first time in a long time, hopefully you received a Connect card when you came in the door this morning. And if you did not, please stop by there and fill out a Connect card on your way out. I'm not going to call you up and remind you that your car warranty has expired or anything like that. We're not going to mail you a mailing and ask for financial donations or anything like that, but we would like to get to know you better. And by filling out a Connect card, we've got a free gift for each person. Again, if this is your first time or the first time in a long, long time, we have a free gift for you. So make sure you do that. Go by the Connection Center. That's out in the foyer right under the, the big screen TV. And we, uh, we'd we like to get to know you just a little bit better. Welcome home to Voice of Praise. Uh, someone shared a testimony with me not long ago. They said, you know, we were praying about some things and we came in and one morning you had welcome home. And uh, that really spoke to me. I'm glad that person shared that testimony with me. And But we want to welcome you home to voice of praise. You know, because it's not a scripture, but there's an old adage that says there's no place like home. And uh, so welcome home. This morning is not only go, go offering, but it's also Family Sunday. So on Family Sunday, we ask all of our babies and kids to, to stay in the sanctuary. We do have a nursery available for the really small ones. But it's so good to have all of the family sitting in church. That's the way I grew up. Not that I'm against children's church, but I grew up with matchbox toys and coloring books on the church pew, you know, for a while. And uh, I can even remember sleeping under the pews a time or two. And uh, so we just are really appreciative of our children at Voice of Praise Worship Center. So enjoy yourself this morning. I, I got a little bit tickled. Because I look back and uh, this morning in life groups we were talking about people sometimes we used to hear about them walking the back of the pews. Well, I didn't see anybody walking the back of the pews this morning, but I saw Penelope climbing the back of the pews and I got tickled at it. She was just going to town, you know, across the pews. And that's such a great blessing to have children in the church. This morning, I want to preach to you the top four things... That we can't do without. Now there's times in my life that I think that uh, that there's, there's certain things that I can't do without. Every once in a while I, I get to thinking, I don't know if I can really do without a new road king or a street glide. And for you non-Harley people, those are Harley Davidsons. But you know, but then when I think about that payment book, I realize that I can do without it. And when I realize my wife says we're not going in debt for something like that, I realize that I can do without it. There's other things that sometimes I, you know, I uh, I think about. You know, I really can't do without a diet Dr Pepper, even if I don't have one. I thought about that last night. We went we were in a store and and uh, I said I need me something to drink, and she Sarah said, "Well, just get you something, baby." That's, she's that. She's that kind of, just go ahead and get you something. Well, I opened that cooler there as you go through the checkout line, and I grabbed that Dr. Pepper, and, and those things, they were, they were still warm. I reached all the way in the back, and they were still warm, and I said, bless God, 
Walmart needs to spend some money and turn their coolers down. And I decided I could go without that Diet Dr. Pepper. But there are some things in life that we can't do without. I want to preach to you the top four things that we can't do without. I'm not going to read a scripture per text this morning, but I'm going to walk through some scripture with you. So if you would, I'm going to ask you to get your phones out, your iPads, your Bibles, and follow along with me. The first thing that I want to preach to you about this morning in thinking of the four top things that we can't do without, the first thing I want to bring to your attention is we can't do without faith. Now recently I talked with a, I spoke with a, a, a young man that said he just really couldn't do the faith thing. He said, I don't understand faith. I, I, he said, uh, he said, I'm a science guy and you've got to prove something to me. Well, do you realize even science is a matter of faith? You've got to believe that the science is true. Do you realize, uh, that, that it's impossible to do anything in life out some level of faith. You've got to believe what you're hearing. You've got to believe what you're reading. You've got to believe what somebody told you. We have to have faith in some manner of speaking. Now the scripture shares this with us found in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 11 and 6 the Bible tells us specifically, and, and Hebrews is your, it's your, it's your faith book. It speaks all about the faith of the patriarchs of old. But it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Impossible is a powerful, powerful word. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Now, when I study Scripture, I I also find that in the Bible it tells me that it is given to every man, ladies, that includes you. It's without being gender specific. Every person that exists, ever has exists, and ever will exist on the face of the earth has been given a measure or a distribution of faith. If we have the ability to reason in our minds somewhere, we have faith. Again, I'll reiterate a little bit. You have, you, if somebody tells you something, you have to believe what they're telling you. If I tell you two plus two is four, even though that is somewhat of a definite truth, you still, if I if I'm if I'm teaching a youngster uh, simple addition, I can take two apples and then add two apples to it, and then you can count four apples and you can understand two plus two equals four. But you have to really believe that. And when it comes to anything in life, we must have faith in order to believe that it's true. We must even believe if we want to go as far as science and logic that what we're hearing and what we're reading is true. Well, in order to have faith in God, we must believe the Word of God. And we must have faith that the Word of God is absolute truth. Going back to this conversation I had with this young man just a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he was talking about. He said, "Well, I, he said I just don't see this as being relevant." I said, "Right there is your." probably your biggest difficulty because you see in a world that we hear so much about 
relevance and things being relevant. And, and I heard people say, well, the scripture is not relevant anymore. Somewhere in life, we must come to grips with an absolute truth. I go back to 2 plus 2 equals 4. You could come up to me and you could say, Hey, preacher, man, I really don't believe that 2 plus 2 equals 4 anymore. I believe it's more relevant to say that 2 plus 2 equals 9. And in your, in, in your, in your expression, in your logic, in, in, in what you want to believe, you could say that 2 plus 2 now equals 9. It doesn't equal 4 anymore because time has changed. But the fact of the matter is that there is a, a there is a form of absolute truth when it comes to mathematics. Two plus two always has equal four, and it always will equal four, and it will never equal nine. It's an absolute. We must begin to embrace the Word of God has the absolute truth of the Word of God. This same young man said, well, yeah, but there was many writings. There was like the, the book of Josephus, for example. And here's, here's, the, here's the thing about that thought process and that reasoning. When we begin to study Scriptures, there's a big word that we call canonization or the canon of Scriptures. Understand the Scriptures that we call the Bible are books that have proven to be prophetically correct. They have been proven to be absolute correct in their existence. Now there's great books. In fact, the book of Josephus is a great historical book, but it is not considered divine in nature. It has not been proven to be divine in nature. But from Genesis to Revelation, throughout generation and generation and generation of time, from Genesis to Revelation, it is a book that has been proven and is still proven itself. And although it has nothing to prove, we find that that book that we call the Holy Bible, Genesis to Revelation, is a book that is complete and true. Therefore, I can have faith in the words that it brings me. I can have faith in its teaching. And I can not give credence to relevance, if you would, but I give credence to the truth. And I believe that through faith... I I am saved and I believe that through faith it is possible to please God because without faith it is impossible to please Him. So one of the four things that you've got to have in life that you can't do without is faith. You must have it. Secondly is the shedding of blood. And all this goes back because I believe the truth of Scripture I believe the absolute truth that it brings. You see, when I read the ninth chapter of Hebrews, I find there that the Hebrew writer wrote that, in fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. And he's speaking there of the law. He's speaking of the Old Testament. He said, the law requires that nearly everything be clean with blood. And without the shedding of blood... There is no forgiveness. If you're reading some of the older English translations, it says there is no remission of sin. You see, as I preach these four things that we can't do without, what I'm preaching to you about is the four things that, 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 that we can't do without in this life if we expect to have eternal life. 
And, and we, we must have faith because without faith, it is impossible, impossible to please God. And, and I certainly want to know that I'm pleasing God. Now, do I, do I, do I do everything exactly right? Do I have every T crossed every single day? Do I dot every I every single day? Do I get it all right every single day? No. I don't. Neither do you. But the reality is, with faith I will please God. But also the, another, the, the, the second reality is that, that without blood there is no forgiveness of sin. Uh, I, don't, I don't like bleeding myself. You know, I, I had a dear friend that that, that uh, grew up just up the road from us, and, and this guy—it was amazing to me. He was a black belt as he as he grew older. He he studied karate from a time he was a kid. He he earned a black belt. He was very good. He taught, you know, he competed uh, on the national level. He did very good. But but this guy, if 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 he saw the sight of blood, he fell over like a rock. He would faint. At just, I mean, you know, you could knit, you could cut your finger and, and and your finger be bleeding. You know, maybe a little bit of blood from paper, a paper cut. All you do had to do was hold it up in front of Perry's face, and boom, he was gone. He was out. He was finished. But you see, the blood that we're talking about here, you know, I, you know, thank God. Last week we celebrated, not really celebrated, but we commemorated Memorial Day. And last week we talked about how that, that many men and women gave their life for the freedoms that we have in this country. You know, uh, uh, D-Day is very prominent during this season as well. And, and, and all of the soldiers and enlisted people that were lost, and uh, uh, most, most of them lost at the shedding of blood. And that, as valuable as that blood was, that, that blood is not enough to redeem us. You see, and in fact, when we study the Scripture, we find that back in the Old Testament, we find that, that, that on a regular basis, on a scheduled basis, that, uh, that there would be certain men that had consecrated and sanctified and prepared themselves that would go into a temple. And, and, and as they go into the temple, they would go through the process of entering that temple and preparing themselves. And then they would go in and they would spread blood from a sacrifice. That sacrifice would be have to be the best land out of the best flock of lambs in the best part of town. It had to be as near perfect sacrifice as could be found. And they did that for years, thousands and thousands of years. That was done. But then, but then, Jesus comes on the scene. God sends His Son in the correct season, in due season. And then Jesus is offered as a sacrifice. He was the perfect Lamb. And the blood that was spilled out on Calvary on the place of the skull, Galgotha, the blood that was spilled out that dripped down off the beam of that cross and fell to the ground. That is the perfect blood of the absolute perfect lamb. That is the absolute sacrifice for my sin and your sin. That blood was, that blood in fact when we read scripture says it was done once and for all. There's never another lamb to be taken into a temple. There's never another lamb to be nailed to a cross even though sometimes we deserve it but that blood of Jesus Christ is the forgiveness of our sin and without the blood of Jesus Christ we are eternally lost so the second thing that you and I cannot do without is without the shedding of blood and that blood in particular is the blood of Jesus Christ 
Which brings me to number three. Brings me to number three. And all of this together actually centralizes around number three. You see, we must have Jesus in order to be saved. Uh, the Bible says faith without works alone is dead. And let, let me quantify what James means when he speaks that scripture. If I have faith, if I have faith, and I do, and so do you. Now that faith may not be manifesting in you right now. You may have yet to believe Jesus as your Savior, but that faith is is there. It just needs to manifest. So what happens in our lives is has has that faith manifest, and we believe upon the shed blood of Jesus Christ, then the transforming work of Jesus begins to occur in our life. And the Scripture says, all the old things have passed away, behold, everything becomes new. Our faith is what, our faith in that shed blood is our, is in essence what saves us. By faith we are saved. But because we are saved, then we do those things that are of Christ. In other words, that's where we go out and we help the poor and we, we pray for the sick that they may recover. We heal, you know, heal the sick in the name of Jesus. We do, we, we do missions around the world as we've spoken about this morning. We take the gospel into, to regions where we're not even really welcome to take it to and, and we do all of those things. Faith without works is dead. But understand this with me. But works in, alone will not do you a whole lot of good. Now, now, when, when, uh, you know, I, 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 I meet somebody that is a, is a very good, a, a person with high moral standards that maybe doesn't know Jesus. They've never surrendered their heart and their life to Him. That is sometimes the most difficult people. That person is more difficult than what we, you know, we used to say the most ranked sinner, which we're all ranked sinners. But, but that person that, that has good moral principles and maybe they have strong convictions, but they're not saved, sometimes those people are more difficult to, to reach and have an understanding that there is a need for having faith and, and, and claiming the shed blood of Jesus has their salvation than that person that lives a very riotous life. And what happens to us is we begin to think that our goodness is going to bring us into a right relationship with God or even that our goodness is what's going to take us to heaven. I've got some sad news for you. There are good people that go to hell. There are good people to go to hell. And listen to me very carefully. There are bad people, at least in our eyes and our opinion. There, there are bad people that go to heaven. Yeah, a number of a number of years ago, uh, 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 he was actually my pastor for a short period of time, and he's gone on to be with the Lord now. And and but he had a he had a brother that was viciously murdered at the hands of another man, of course. And as his brother was viciously murdered, and, and, and he, the, his murderer was sentenced 
to a uh, to a very lengthy sentence into prison. This 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 man that I served un, or I served me as pastor. This man made it a point to start going to the prison and visiting the man that had killed his brother. And as he went week week after week, month after month, year after year, and he went to the prison to see this man that had murdered his brother in cold blood, he won that man to the Lord Jesus Christ. And 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 as much as as yes, it's that that that. That takes a special kind of gift, I think, in some ways. It's, it takes a special measure of grace. But understand what I'm saying to you that is, is I don't know where that man's at. He may still be in jail. More than likely, there's a good possibility because of, uh, of time that that man has now gone on to be with the Lord. But if that man, if that man maintains his integrity with the Lord Jesus Christ in right relationship, although he had been a bad man and took the life of that brother, understand with me that bad man still entered into the presence of the Lord because the grace of God is enough the blood of Jesus washes every sin and he inherited would inherit eternal life what I'm saying to you is this is Jesus is again the central foundation of everything Jesus said I am the vine, and you're the branches. He who abides in me, and I am him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. You see, the third thing we can't do without is Jesus. He says, without me, you can not do nothing. Now, all of us have giftings and talents, and, and many of us have had training and we went to school and, 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 and took lessons or maybe just through experiences in life. We've learned a lot and, and we know a lot and we're, we're maybe educated in a lot of things and, and that doesn't mean that God can't use us, but it also doesn't mean that God didn't gift us in those things. But understand this, even with those great giftings and talents that we may naturally possess in our life, you know, uh, uh, Nathan got up here and, and he sang his lungs out this morning uh, you know I, I can't I can't sing like that I don't have that gifting my wife doesn't have that gifting would you like to hear her sing no she said no she said but but understand this but we all have our different giftings but here's the thing about it Without Christ, none of us are, are we, we can do nothing. Now, when he says that, does that mean you? Well, you, you know, you, I, I can get up and I walk and I talk and I, but let me tell you this. I, I, I love doing this. I think I did it maybe even last weekend, but I've done it before. Take a deep breath. You just breathe his air. If you don't need him, don't be using up his air. I heard a story this week about the atheist. Uh, atheists and uh, uh, atheists challenged God, and he says, "Man, I, he said I can do whatever you can do." He said, "I, I can accomplish whatever you can accomplish." And, and God said, "Okay." He said, "Let's go ahead." He said, "Let's create somebody." And, and atheists picked up uh, a handful of dirt, and he starts through the process of forming somebody. And God said, "No, no, 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 you can't do that. That's my dirt." You see, because all things belong to God. All things belong to God. Every substance that exists belongs to Him. He is the beginning. He establishes that in His Word. In the beginning was God. Mm -hmm. 
And the beginning exists because of God. So everything that exists is God's. So whether we're breathing His air or we're using His dirt or or, or we're we're, we're exemplifying the talents that He's blessed us with, everything that we have must come from Jesus. And He said, without me, you can do nothing. So we must have faith. And we must have the shed blood. And we must have the empowerment of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then lastly, lastly, we must have holiness. Now listen, we, we are part of, Voice of Praise Worship Center is a member church of the Pentecostal Holiness Church, International Pentecostal Holiness Church. We've got around 2,500 churches, I think, in, in America. We actually have more churches outside of America than we do in America, okay? There, if you study the 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 uh, the polity and the doctrines of the Pentecostal Holiness Church, there is a strong infinite emphasis on Pentecostalism. There is also a strong emphasis on holiness. Okay, and and that's good. I grew up as several of you in this room this morning, and some of you maybe even watching. You grew up in in the uh, you know I. I you know, I was Episcopalian when I was little. I've told y'all that dozens of times. And then I started going with my aunt and uncle to a Pentecostal church. It was actually an Assemblies of God, and, you know, in going to youth group. And then later on, I began to go to the Pentecostal Holiness Church. And, and, and I, I, you know, I sat a lot through some of those tent meetings. I, I sat through some of those brush arbor meetings. Some of y'all older ones know what I'm talking about. Amen. I said this. Uh, I, I I remember the preaching that uh, when people started get. I, listen, I, I'm not I'm not all that old, but I just want you to know something. Flat screen TVs are not have not been out that long because I can remember riding. I didn't have a clue in the world where Blue Well, West Virginia was, and I can remember back in 1973 as a kid getting in a pickup truck with my uncle and riding down right down the road here to Nick's House of Color for him to buy him a brand new Zenith Chroma Color TV in a wooden cabinet and that thing weighed about 600 pounds. Okay? I remember that. But I remember them old preachers getting up and saying, preaching about the one-eyed, one-eyed monster sitting in the living room of the house and the devil's horns growing out the chimney because back then there wasn't cable and people... How many of y'all ever had your antenna clamped to your chimney on your house? Hey, yeah. The devil's horns was growing out the chimney and the one-eyed monster. They said they were watching what you do in your house. They're watching you in your house through that TV. Well, why you, if you ain't doing nothing you ain't supposed to, why are you worried about it to start with? Okay? We got something a whole lot worse than that now, by the way. I remember preaching about jewelry and them old ear bobs. And I can remember them preaching about women wearing makeup until Uncle Sam, which is my late wife's uncle, Uncle Sam came along and he said, I ain't preaching about makeup. He said, because a little paint never hurt any old barn. And we preached a lot of things in the name of holiness, okay? We preached a lot of things in the name of holiness. But, and, and some of that preaching was far-fetched. Some of it was really far right, swung to the right. But unfortunately, sometimes we tried so much to alleviate that that now in many cases we've swung far left 
and that's not good either. Somewhere there's a middle of the road. But I said all that. I chased that rabbit to bring you down to this place. This is the thing about it. Holiness is not what we do. Holiness is a relationship with Jesus Christ. There is none holy but the Lord Jesus Christ. When we stand in the presence of heaven, when we find ourselves in the throne room of God, if you would, there's one song that I'm certainly for sure that we're going to be singing. It's not going to be, I'll fly away because when I get there, I'm not going to want to fly away. But one song that we're going to be singing when we get there is holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And we're going to be singing holy in the presence of the Lord. Do you know why? Because holiness is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is holiness. It's not some list of rituals or a list of routines that we do. Although consecration and, and has its place and disciplines have their place, understand holiness only comes through and by the Lord Jesus Christ. And the writer of Hebrews went on to say to make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holiness because without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Holiness goes back. I go back to works. Works is not going to make us holy. You can let your hair, you know, I, and I'm not criticizing people, ladies, if you feel like you have to have long hair to please Jesus, bless God, let your hair grow out. Fellas, if you feel like you've got to wear long sleeves to please Jesus, bless God, you wear long sleeves. Understand. There's some things that are specifically that are specifically specifically given as sinful things to us. They're sins against our body, and sin is sin is sin. Okay, but I, but I'm talking about some of the things. Oh, Charlie, back there, Charlie. Can I tell? I don't tell you story. Char, Charlie, Charlie's told me many times that Charlie's daddy was a, a a preacher in the in the in the in the Pentecostal Holiness Church. And Charlie tells about one of our old superintendents. I don't remember him. I've just seen pictures of him. I've heard his name ever since I've been to Pentecostal Holiness Church. And he said, "Oh, W. W. Carter, Bishop W. W. Carter would come by their house over in Matoka, wasn't it?" Montcom and and W. W. Carter would come by the house, and he, Charlie said his mama would hide all the coffee and pull out a, a, a bottle of postum because the bishop said it was sinful to drink coffee, but he could drink postum. Last weekend we had uh, we had uh, the Thompsons or part of, they used to be Thompsons. We had them here in our service, and uh, Max Thompson was the third pastor, I believe, of this church when it was down over the hill. And she was, and she was telling me as we were discussing some things after service and they, they were share, she was sharing her memories of being here in this community. She said, Oh, I can remember W.W. W. Carter coming around like that very well. She said, We even got it down to uh, a science, if you would. She said, We got it down pat. She said, We would only buy one bottle of postum and we would trade it off between churches whenever we know Brother Carter was coming. She said, So we all didn't have to have our own bottle of postum. You see, that wasn't holiness, though. 
That wasn't holiness at all. But holiness comes to come into a relationship, a personal relationship with a holy God that, that there is no defilement in Him. There is nothing, there is no failure in Him. There is no shortcoming in Him. There is no slackness in Him. He cannot tell a lie. He cannot fail. And I, you know, I can do things to sanctify myself. I can do things to prepare myself and consecrate myself. There is nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's very appropriate, but that is not what makes me holiness. What makes me holiness is an experience and a relationship with Jesus Christ through His shed blood and all of that is going to come through faith. So you want to know the four things that you can't live without. Well, let me tell you what they are. You can't live without faith. You can't live without the shedding of blood. You can't live without Jesus Christ and you can't live without His holiness. Would you stand to your feet right now with me? If you're in this room right now and you don't know Jesus it's a good opportunity to know Him. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. I don't believe that you're here or if you're watching I don't believe you're watching by happenstance or chance. I believe it's all divine. I believe God wanted you here. And I've just given you four things that you can't live without. And I'm speaking about living in eternity. Because without these four things, I don't believe you'll ever see heaven as your home. I think the Bible teaches that and makes it very plainly. So if you're in this room this morning or if you're watching, and I'll ask the heads to bow and eyes to close in this room. I want to ask you a question. If you're missing any of the four of these things in your life, because they're all four intertwined and connected, if you're missing any of the four things in this that in your life that I've spoke to you about this morning, and you would like to resolve your situation. You would like to know that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you would like to know that you're going to heaven without pressuring you and I'm not going to certainly embarrass you. I'm not going to come back and get you and I'm not going to point you out. But I just want to ask you a question with heads bowed and eyes closed in this room or if you're watching at home or driving down the road. Do you want Jesus this morning? If you're backslidden, do you need to be renewed? If that's you in this room, just raise your hand at me real quickly, just for a moment. Anyone at all. Anyone at all. Okay, I want you to look at me just a minute. I consider if you're if you're home and you said yes, we're gonna pray in just a minute as we're gonna pray in this room. We're going to surrender our lives to the Lord. I want to tell you what happened to my wife and I this week. You all know last weekend was Memorial Weekend. Solemn day, but yet we observe it as a holiday in many ways. I don't have a street light or that road king, but we still have our old heritage soft tail. We've been riding a lot of years and that thing... 
It's pretty. I want you to know. I should have put a picture up. It's pretty. Her name. Her name's. Her. My wife's Sarah, but my motorcycle's named Matilda. I put up on the Facebook, and I belong to a group called the Harley Owners Group. That hog for short. I put up on the hog page that anybody want to go riding Monday. And uh, so there was a few people said yes. You know, we'll, we'll go riding. And uh, we planned a route route out. We were going to leave the Black Bear Harley in Withfield ride up through Bland County, up through Greatfield, Tazewell, Lebanon, eat at Bonanza, come back to the tail of the dragon. Some of you know what that is. It's in 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 Tazewell. It's a big motorcycle welcome center, and then we're going to ride the dragon, which is Route 16 from Tazewell to Marion. Last Monday morning, 10 o'clock, we, we pull in at the Harley shop and there's 17 other motorcycles show up. I told Sarah, I said, as we were riding out, I said, I don't know if I, I, I said, I don't know, I may, I may not be such a good pastor, I said, but I can sure pull a bunch of motorcycle riders together, can't I? 17 of us rode off. 17 of us get to Bonanza. 17 of us eat too much food at Bonanza. 17 of us uh, uh, get ready to leave. A couple said, we're going to go on back for 60. Uh, so, uh, three of them actually. So, we get, or two of them, we get to the Dragon. Another guy says, i got to get home. My little boy's calling me. He wants me to come home. He said, I'm going to go 460 back home. 14 of us get ready to leave the Dragon Welcome Center. Fourteen of us get on our motorcycles and trikes and we pull out of the dragon. We go approximately eight miles and if you've ever been up that road, you know where I call it the kudzu patch. It's the long first long pull up the mountain. There's kudzu, that vine that grows all over the side of the mountain. We go by there and there's a guy taking pictures of us as we go by. Then they want to sell them to you for $20 on the internet. We, we go by him, everybody's waving at him when they, you know, I do my thing. You know, when I ride by him taking the picture, you know. We go one and a half miles from that point. And one of the men, the number 13 in line, we go to the top of the hill, he turns the corner to the right. And there's immediate, another. it's an S curve, there's immediate, an immediate turn back to the left. That man made his right hand turn, but he never made the left hand turn. And he hit a sharp embankment with a large rock protruding out of it. That man lost his life. Suddenly a day that was full of laughter and joy suddenly turned bad. One of the ladies that was with us was our in and she ran back to tend to him. And uh, and though we had went on, I was at the very front. We didn't even know it had happened until we got nearly to Marion, Virginia. We Because the curves in the road, you can't see that far behind you. But here's the thing about it. This fellow, I've known this fellow for, for several years, several years. And this fellow had a testimony of faith in Jesus Christ. And I sat in his funeral yesterday. Fifty, fifty, around fifty motorcycles rode in his funeral procession. 
But I sat in his funeral and some of his friends got up and spoke about him and his pastor spoke about him. And I don't remember exactly which one it was, but somebody said the words. They said, you know what? Jerry preached his own funeral. That's why there was 250 or 300 people sitting in that church. That's why somebody got to But listen to me. I want to tell this to you. It was a. It was a. And, and hey, okay, I'm a pastor. I know these things. I, I've been doing this long enough. I'm smart enough to know it. It's occurred in my personal life. But it's a rude awakening to me how quick life can change. Not just change, but how quick life can come to a ceasing halt in this dimension. I quote it so often. One of the dearest friends that I, in ministry that I could think of was a fellow by the name of Jim Hilliard. He was a state evangelist or conference evangelist for many, many years. He and his wife Carolyn traveled the roads. A lot of times just raked and scraped to make it in an old Winnebago motor home and things like that. But Jim Hilliard would stand up and preach and he would quote uh, these words. I think it's C.S. Lewis, if I'm, my memory serves me correct. But the, the quote is, there's only one life, and it will soon be passed. And only those things done for Christ will last and last. There's four things we can't do without. We can't do without faith. We can't do without the shed blood. We can't do without Jesus. And we can't do without holiness. Don't leave this world without them. Don't leave this world without them.